0: Welcome to the Gone Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Howell. And I'm your host, Angie Rogers Howell. What is the Gone Boss Podcast? Well, it's a weekly podcast
1: featuring awesome people in our community. We'll interview them, find out what makes them tick, the cool things they're doing to make our community a great place to live and work, and how they've gone boss.
0: Be sure to check us out at goneboss.com or hashtag gone Boss.
1: We're on Instagram at goneboss2k or find us on Facebook by searching for gone Boss.
0: We're brought to you today by our premier sponsor, Schaefer Leadership Academy. Learn more at schaeferleadership.com. What do they have coming up?
1: An in-person lunch and learn.
0: Oh, in person.
1: In person.
0: Do they provide the lunch I or do I you mean, have to bring it?
1: I imagine they provide the lunch. Oh,
0: they provide the lunch. Yes. Oh, I'm all there well,
1: I know. This is March 7th, Tuesday from 1130 to one and it is called flexibility and leadership
0: flexibility
1: yes I'm not. Are they going to
0: have it like a yoga person? I don't teach think it's this? a yoga person. Oh, okay. I don't think
1: it's that kind of <laughs> flexibility. I think it's like being flexible. So,
0: who's facilitating this one?
1: This one is with Erica Petrelli Bai. She's been in the people development business for more than 25 years.
0: The people development business.
1: People development business. She is the leadership program senior vice president of leadership development and self declared minister of
0: mischief. minister of mischief
1: yeah so she sounds like fun so this workshop will explore three types of flexibility not the yoga kind but it's going to talk about cognitive emotional and dispensational
0: flexibility dispensational yes i'm gonna have to look that one up
1: i only know that the dispensation of truth from bible college there you go that's There you go. But we're going to learn the differences between adaptability and flexibility, what flexibility looks like in action, and how to apply those concepts to your team.
0: Learn more at SchaeferLeadership.com. In the studio today, we have Christy Ingram from Northwest Bank. How are you doing today?
2: I'm really well, thank you. Thank you for having me. No problem.
0: Now, what do you do at the bank?
2: I am a business banking officer, so I make business loans and help manage my clients' portfolios.
0: So you have to deal with like business owners and things.
2: Yep. Oh yep. My gosh. All I do. Um, I'm not sure if
0: I can handle that.
2: I do all um, <laughs> small business loans. So um, there's a difference between small business and commercial. So. Um, I am more focused on the small business.
0: How long have you been with the bank?
2: I've been, I started out at Mutual Bank eight years ago. And prior to that, I had 10 years in banking elsewhere. So I've been doing what I've been doing in some capacity for 18 years.
0: Give us a little insight into what you do, like every day.
2: I have a, mostly my focus is building relationships. I have um, a portfolio of clients who I take care of. You know, it's all about making connections in the community, getting to know people. You know, I have a lot of meetings with realtors and CPAs and insurance agents and the folks who are just in front of everybody in the community that you know, might be able to um, refer business over to me. And, um, you know, if I have a good relationship with those folks, the hope is that they think of me and they know that trust that I'll take care of the people who know them. So the that's the best part of my job is just getting to talk to people in the community and um, hopefully getting an opportunity to help them grow their business.
0: Now, I would take it you're in a lot of uh, professional networking organizations. So uh, I know you're with the Yorktown Chamber. What yep. else are you involved in?
2: I'm very involved in the Yorktown Chamber. I've been the treasurer for a couple years now. Prior to that, I'd been attending the Chamber for almost 10 years, so uh, very involved in that. Um, I have attended WIBU for several years, kind of on and off, and recently I have just sort of had to make a very intentional decision to be really conscientious of how I spend my time. Um, I have, you get um,
0: too busy, don't you? Yep.
2: Yep. <laughs> I have, a my full-time job obviously is working at Northwest Bank and I'm a business banker for them. And then, um, you know, I have my whole family that I take care of. And then my side gig is we, my family owns a small business too. So I have a very busy season of my life right now and I have to be very intentional with my time. So Um, About six months ago, I sort of very intentionally scaled back on everything to kind of just reset and focus on the core things that I have going on.
0: Now, wasn't that interesting during the pandemic how everything just scaled back and you had all the time in the world? Mm -hmm. And not even a year later, we're like, oh my gosh, I'm pulling my hair out. There's Mm -hmm. so many things going on.
2: Mm -hmm. The question is always, what's next? What's next? And I'm I'm just going to focus on what I've got right now. <laughs> that's
0: that's awesome. Now you mentioned the the side business which is
2: a great business. Ingram's floor covering, yes. Oh, floor
0: covering. Okay. Yes. So tell me about that and how that all plays into you.
2: Yeah, so we have been in Yorktown for 10 years. My husband Chuck's um was just getting that business up and running when he and I met and Became a tat. You know, I've really been there since he was just kind of had his vision and was growing what he wanted to do. What did he do before that? He had always done um, flooring installation by trade. Okay. And he was a contractor out of Indy for many, many years and made a really nice living. Had always just kind of had a dream and was tired of the rat race. And he was driving down Smith Street in Yorktown, and he had seen that the corner building across the street from the mouse was up for rent. And I don't think he let it sit up for rent for more than a day or two before he said that's the spot. And you've he, been there ever since. Yep, yep. We sec- He secured that building for rent, and he rented it for more than two years while he fixed it up on his own dime in order to kind of get it to where he wanted it to be. So, you know, people kind of were, what what's that Ingram doing in, in that side building? and. Um, you know, we've we've been there ever since. Like I said, I kind of came on right when he had um, his kind of plan in place and he was just getting up and running. I'm just very much a support person. We joke that I'm human resources for the <laughs> business, you know, just whatever I can do to support him and the few employees that we have. I help with the banking, obviously. And, um, you know, it's we have a lot of overlap and people that we know and people that we help. So, um, I'm just kind of a cheerleader support person, and um, I obviously have—I'm really heavily involved in the office part of it. I, um, The young lady who runs our office, she and I are good friends, and we work pretty closely together, so—
0: Now tell me, uh, there is a building in Daleville with a name on it, right? Yes. Yep, that's so our warehouse.
2: That? So what's um, So— we have a warehouse in Daleville, kind of right off 69. That's where we store our materials that for our upcoming jobs. We also have um, Chuck does carpet cleaning as well, so. He has um, our carpet cleaning trucks are there, and then um, we have all of our materials for our business going gonna in and I'm going to say, when there.
0: I drive through there, I see the name, and I'm like, I bet that has to be yep. like a warehouse or some kind of yep. staging area. It's because- a nice
2: location right off the highway for semis to bring our materials. Yeah,
0: the Yorktown location, I mean, it's pristine right there on the corner, and I wouldn't figure uh, you, you'd have too much in there for getting in and out yeah. of floor covering.
2: Yeah, that'll kind of change kind of as time goes on a little bit. We've been really fortunate. Chuck has been very intentional with the locations that we've had. so. He, he's he's really good at saying, that's my spot, and he's not afraid to pull the trigger.
0: Now, you mentioned uh, Mutual Bank. Of course, uh, mm-hmm. Northwest came in, yep. and uh, uh, what was that? Ac- acquisition or a merger, or what was Yep, it?
2: yep. We had the merger in 2020, and it's a really funny story. We had our um, beloved president, Pat Botts, um, had very unexpectedly passed away in October, and that was very devastating for um, us as Mutual Bank. And um, a week later, the acquisition was announced. So that was really, really hard for us to all process. And at the same time, it was I—I I had known, but I hadn't shared with anyone that I was going to have my third baby. So I had gotcha. a perfect storm once. of things <laughs> happening all at once. So um, it was definitely a really um, kind of. Scary and unsure time, but I we haven't you know we got through everything. And I was the branch manager of the Yorktown office at the time. The way that the timing worked out, I had my baby on April eighth, and we merged on April twentieth. So I actually sort of missed the whole merger. It was very conflicting for me because I knew that um, you know there was going to be a lot of transition for my team there at the branch, and I had to go. Take care of my baby. So it was it was hard because, you know, you want to be there in the trenches with your team, but at the same time so I you was, didn't
0: get some of that transition that that happened, you know, corporate memos, all that kind of stuff. So what what was that like walking in cold?
2: You know, I'm already in baby fog land. I had just <laughs> had my third child and that was a whole thing that's kind of hard to step out of that fog. And I had to go essentially work for a new company. Um, All the people that I was taking care of were the same, but I had to learn all new systems and sort of navigate that. So it was um, certainly a challenge for me when I stepped back um, after my maternity leave to go be at Northwest Bank. But we had a really great group of people at the Yorktown office, and um, the leadership from Northwest Bank has just been wonderful. Specifically, the leadership here in Indiana have just been really, really good about helping guide us through. So um, we got we got really lucky with that.
0: I'm currently the uh, president of Muncie Noon Rotary, and we just had Jennifer Gibson come in and uh, give her classification talk where she told us all about the stuff she does with uh, Northwest Bank and being from out of town, then coming in town and, and that whole thing. So that was really interesting to get her take on the bank as well.
2: Jennifer has created such a a collaborative culture, specifically for the women in leadership at Northwest Bank. And we got so lucky to have her here with us. I can't say enough good things about Jennifer Gibson and her husband, Rick, as well. They're just some of the best people I, I really, really admire and look up to them. She is a very steady hand. She has very clear expectations for us while being extremely approachable at the same time, she's got this perfect balance of being, you know, just very clear and here's the goals and here's what I expect, but you can go to Jennifer for anything and she will have your back on everything. And if it's not worth the fight, then she's, she'll be the first one to tell you about it.
0: So you mentioned uh, third baby. So tell mm-hmm. us about your family. Like, yeah. what about those other two kids?
2: <laughs> so all sons, um, all sons three sons oh my god and so i'm the the joke is that i'm <laughs> the queen still but um yeah so i have a 14 year old son he is in eighth grade at yorktown and then i have two uh, little boys five and almost three my baby turns three on april 20th so um, Charlie is five and James is almost three.
0: So it's a busy household then.
2: Very busy. It's very <laughs> Into chaotic. sports any? Or? Um, my oldest son, I'm exceptionally proud of him. He has been um, studying martial arts since he was seven. Oh, very and cool. um, this summer he'll get his black belt. He's been very dedicated to learning his martial arts. And I really just think it's changed him completely as a person. He's very respectful. I mean, I mean, he's still a knucklehead. He's 14 years old. <laughs> but um, I just really think that he's got a really unique perspective. I don't really worry about him very much. He's also much bigger than me at mm-hmm. this point. We went to Las Vegas last winter. And I tend to kind of overanalyze everything. And um, I'm always like, trying to be really aware of my surroundings but I, I actually feel safer when my child is with me now it's very conflicting when they're bigger and stronger than you but um, I'm I'm very proud of him and his dedication to that and then the five-year-old looks up to him so much now he's in karate and it's very cute so he's got a yellow belt now and on Mondays and Wednesdays there's kids class so my oldest son goes and kind of helps assist that so It's WrestleMania at all times. The little one's not quite into it yet, but I'm sure he'll probably want to ride the coattails of that as well.
0: Let's go back even further.
2: Where are you from? Um, Are you
0: from the area or someplace else?
2: Originally, I was actually born in Jackson, Mississippi, but for all intents and purposes, I've always been here in Muncie. Um, I was a Burris kid. I was at Burris from K through middle school. And then high school, Um, we had lived in the Royerton area, so um, I went to Delta for high school. Ah, Delta, okay. My um, father worked for Ball State University for many, many years, retired um, within the past few years. We were fortunate enough to get a little assistance with tuition and everything, so when I was deciding what college to go to, it was, you know, church. No-brainer, right there. So I went to Ball State, and um, after Ball State, I had kind of not really known what I was going to do, and got a job as a bank teller in the meantime and had my first son. That pretty much solidified me staying in Muncie. Um, You know, I had help with my son, with my parents being here and everything. So um, it's been a great place for me to have my family and raise my kids. And I just kind of very organically went from teller to vault teller to opening accounts to starting lending and just kind of worked every about third year I sort of got a new job and moved up a little bit. So it was a very kind of organic transition for me.
0: Now, you're a very busy person. Yep. Family, got the job. What about hobbies? What do you do?
2: Um Hobbies are, you know, I have, I'm a taxi service as well. We've got our small business. I think my husband probably works 100 hours a week. So I do Prioritize my mental health a lot. About
0: um, have to. <laughs> yep,
2: yep. I've I've learned that kind of the hard way about six months ago when I told you I kind of had to reallocate my time and just be very intentional with it. I. I kind of thought I really need to make sure that I'm taking care of myself too. Mm-hmm. So exercise is huge for me. I exercise almost every day if I if I absolutely can. I make it a priority for myself. Do you go to so, a certain place or? Anything? Um, I it's hard or for me to, it's hard for me to get out, but I did buy a Peloton like everybody else did during the pandemic, oh, yeah. and so um, I'm always riding my bike. And when I can get out and run, that's that's kind of my favorite thing okay. is to be out and. Getting some fresh air and breaking a sweat a little bit, that it really does help me just kind of refocus my time and get my mind straight and then go back to all the chaos of everything that I have going on. (laughs) So I'd say that that's probably my biggest hobby, even though it's more of a necessity for me to keep moving forward and keep my mind clear.
0: Now, do you have any sage advice for young people getting in the industry or anything, especially banking?
2: Yeah, um, I would just say, I think being a bank teller was my very favorite job. If you're good at talking to people and um, you might have had a job where you handled some cash before... Um, I loved being a bank teller. It was a great way for me to get my foot in the door. It was a nice professional job. It had nice hours for me. Um, I would say, you know, don't be afraid to start at that entry level and just see how you like it and see where it takes you. Um, I remember when I was talking to Jennifer, when we were talking about me getting this new position as business banker, she she kind of said, you know, what's your dream job? It, it might have not been the right answer at the time because, you know, I don't know if she was like, is this girl going to... Is she ambitious? Does she want to be the next president one day or something? And I was really thinking, man, it'd be nice to be a part time teller, you know, (laughs) and just kind of cover lunches. And, but that was really, it was really one of my favorite jobs. The day went by fast. I got to talk to a lot of people. I got to meet a lot of people. So, being in that entry level position and really organically moving up the way that I did, I'm really aware of how the retail branches work. And that's been really beneficial for me in this position as well. So, Um, I'd say don't be afraid to start out at that entry level and just get your feet wet and see what happens.
0: Now, along the same lines, what does success mean to you?
2: I've thought a lot about this. I think, for me, sometimes it means that I've made it through the day (laughs) and (laughs) everything's kind of intact. Um, You know, this is a really busy season for me, so I do want to acknowledge that it doesn't have to be this, like, big, grand idea all the time. But maybe thinking more broadly I think it's more about sort of your intentions along the way. You know, there's definitely, you know, if you have a goal for your job or if, you know, you have some bullseye that you're always shooting for, some measurable metric that you're shooting for, it's always good if you kind of shoot for that and end up hitting that number or getting close. But I think that if you're, you know, taking care of people and have good intentions and are doing your best and sort of, you know, just... Make sure that you're being of service to others and doing the best that you can. I think that for me right now, that's about as best we can an- ask for. And personally speaking for my family, small business, you know, we've, we've always been really fortunate that we have to really intentionally not get too big too fast. I see a lot of people kind of grow themselves out of business as well. So Chuck has been really um, intentional with we've never really had to advertise. Um, That's been really fortunate for us, our trucks.
0: Good location.
2: Yep. Our good (laughs) locations, are. we wrap our trucks, so they always look really nice. But if he parks in a neighborhood for a week, he tends to get a couple phone calls in the next couple months from those folks. So I think it's just about your intentions and being really focused on those things. So as long as we can kind of keep him going and – Um, He does a really great job of that himself, but for me at my uh, job at the bank, I just try to, you know, do the best I can and take as good care of people as I can.
0: So if I catch you driving the uh, streets of Yorktown, what are you listening to in your car?
2: (laughs) Um, It really depends on the day. Um, Today I was listening to Yo-Yo Ma. He's (laughs) my very favorite. Um, I tend to kind of gravitate to people who can actually play instruments and have, like, classical training my family is a very musical family my parents met at juilliard and they were both musicians and my brother's a musician with what he does professionally so what does he do um, well, he's um, a drummer and a show producer. He lives in Las Vegas, and he's had 100 crazy jobs. That's a whole nother podcast, no, but <laughs> he's um, he's definitely a really unique um, person, and he has really cool jobs, so he does a lot of show production. and I'm probably listening to maybe some days it's 90s R&B. Maybe some days it's 90s alternative. I'm a 90s kid. You're a 90s kid. But okay. other than that, um, it really just varies. I've
0: got some age on you, so I'm an 80s kid,
2: so
0: (laughs) I listen to that late 80s heavy metal and all that kind of stuff. But the 90s
2: were good. The 90s were good. I've got my
0: Jim Blossoms radio on.
2: That's a good one. (laughs) Some Foo Fighters radio, Radiohead.
0: (laughs) What's your favorite band or artist, since we're talking about music?
2: Really into John Legend. I've probably seen him 20 times in concert. Um, I've seen him at theaters, at different colleges, and I've seen him in arenas in Vegas, so okay. he's kind of gone all over the place. <laughs> and, um, now, you've I,
0: mentioned Vegas a few times Aaron. Yep, that's funny, yep. a banker in Vegas, but...
2: Well, I'm not a gambler. The only reason I've mentioned Vegas a few times is I go there because my brother lives there, and that's gotcha. that's the only reason. And you get to see
0: all the good shows <laughs> And
2: Yeah, there's some shows there, too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so have you met anyone famous?
2: Um, I actually have a really good meeting someone famous story, um, and I tell pretty much anybody who will listen to me about it, but I did set, sit next to John Cena on a plane ride <laughs> from Tampa to Washington, D.C. once. So that was my brush with a famous person. And if you ever like to feel small, sit next sit to next John to Cena on oh a plane.
0: <laughs> did you did you talk to him? Like, yeah, Have yeah. a conversation all the way?
2: Um, I wasn't quite aware of who he was right when I had originally sat down, but there were some people who were whispering about it. So I did a quick kind of side google over here and i was like oh i know that and the only reference i had for him was that he was in scooby-doo movies that my kid liked so when i said my kid loves your scooby-doo movies he was like that's not really what people know me for exactly. <laughs> but that was my reference that's an awesome story yep. good job
0: thank you so much for being our guest today my really pleasure appreciate it. thanks for having me So we stayed in a yurt.
1: We did. We had a yurtcation is what I called it.
0: (laughs) So a little background on this. I had a photography job down in French Lick, Indiana at the resort there in the event center. And you picked up on, hey, we have not done a strategic getaway or anything. Planning
1: session since before COVID. Before that, we used to go every year. We would go away somewhere for a couple of days for us to get away, talk about the business, do strategic planning, And all of that, but we hadn't done it since COVID. We were past due in doing it.
0: Angie found a yurt. Of course. Y u r t.
1: A yurt. Do you think that stands for anything? I don't know. I don't. Do you think it does? I think it's It's
0: a it's a fancy tent.
1: It is a fancy tent.
0: Super fancy.
1: It was very much a step above just a tent.
0: So we went glamping. Um. (laughs)
1: Yeah, because if you know me, (laughs) I'm not camp. I don't like camping. Camping is not my jam.
0: Background on Angie: If it does not have a shower, anything in the woods like that, she has to have hot water. I want a running. Refrigerator. I
1: want running water in a refrigerator. <laughs> I am not about. I am forty whatever years old. I am not.
0: You're not going to sleep on the ground. I'm not going to sleep an an on the ground mattress. on an
1: air mattress. I'm not going to like. Make my own fire. I would not survive in any of these survival wilderness alone situations that we watch on TV. I wouldn't do it. I don't want to do it, and I don't have to do it.
0: (laughs) So this uh, yurt is way back in the hills of French Lick, Indiana. It was like a mile.
1: Yes, it was a, a 1.2 miles on the gravel road, according to my GPS.
0: If you're friends with Angie on Facebook, she has posted the video. We'll try to put the video with this podcast. Oh, yeah, we can do that. Of, uh, of us leaving the yurt and how long it took to get out to yeah. the road. And we even, even in the time-lapse
1: speed-up, time speed it still took a while. This road was... Now, in the listing, I don't think I told you this, husband, <laughs> but it did say... If it's wintry, you might need four-wheel drive to get to it.
0: <laughs> well, thank goodness the weather was great last week.
1: <laughs> the weather was good. If it was like icy or snowy, our little hybrid car would not have made it. It was <laughs> there were times we were going straight up. Now, okay, we're in Indiana. We don't have mountains, but for Indiana, this was a mountain. Yes. We're going like straight up this mountain. We got to the top of it, and it was like a roller coaster. You know where like you're at the top of the hill and you can't see, and you can't see down. That was <laughs> one of the hills going up to the yurt. <laughs> we weren't sure we were going to make it the first time, but we did. <laughs> we we made it.
0: And then the yurt had a pond right out back of it. It was beautiful. We had a little
1: deck and a pond.
0: It had 100, 200 Million, frogs.
1: Millions of frogs. I can't even tell you how many frogs.
0: And they were oh, so loud.
1: They were. Oh, my gosh. You would think you would just hear like raining and it was like dripping outside. Yeah. But no, that was the... The frogs. The frog chirp. What? what do, croaks. I guess frogs make croaks. And yeah, it was that. And it was like so loud all day and all night. Now Matt's like, this is I beautiful. Took, I took a lot of photos of Magic them. pictures. It was beautiful. Look at all these frogs. It's nature in the circle of life. And there's tadpoles everywhere. Me, who's not an <laughs> outdoors person, I am like, these frogs look like dinosaurs.
0: Ugh, uh, She just did not like them.
1: I didn't like them. They were fine. The ambiance was beautiful, and it was great, but I could enjoy the frogs from afar. I did not need to be up close and personal with the frogs.
0: Now, in the yurt, we had, of course, a bed. We had a bathroom, running water, nice heated. A
1: refrigerator.
0: Water. Yes, we had a refrigerator. We had a little gas stove.
1: Oven, TV. We had satellite TV. We had
0: sa- and that was a kind of a cool thing because it was the Elon Musk uh, S-
1: Starlink. Starlink. Thing. That's yeah. it. So yeah, and their Wi-Fi. They had Starlink. It was on a trial basis, but it worked out really well for us. Yes, I think, so. we got a
0: lot done, and we did a lot of strategic planning for our next year yep. of farmhouse creative.
1: We did. It was lovely. If you're looking for a yurt, it was a great yurtcation.
0: Thanks for joining us for this episode of Gone Boss.
1: Be sure to check us out at goneboss.com or hashtag goneboss.
0: We're on Instagram at goneboss2k, or you can find us on Facebook just by searching goneboss.
1: If you like what you heard today, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts.
0: Today's episode was brought to you by our premier sponsor, Schaefer Leadership Academy. Check them out at schaeferleadership.com.
1: Have a great rest of your day, and don't forget to tune in next week to find out who has
0: gone gone. boss!